What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. The Braves have won the World Series, Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, championships, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going awesome. The Braves have won yet another playoff series that makes three, the NLDS, the NLCS, and this World Series thing. So now my question is, Graham, who do we play next? We play. I think the I think we play the Astros again tonight, according to the experts who have you know picked against us in every game almost. But after the series, what team's next? Oh, um, no one. What do you mean? I mean, we we are the World Series champions Atl- in, in Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta has won the World Series for only the second time in fifty years, in five years, however long it's been. That's the final championship. That's the final championship. The World Series is where it's all over. So we're not losers. We're not losers. For once, we are not losers as adults. Woo! Ow! That's awesome, uh, Graham. It is. That is awesome. It, it, it's, I mean, I kid, Graham, but that's like honestly how I felt in the moment. Like when we got that last out of game six, it, it just didn't feel real. Like we're, we don't know how to handle this. No, it was, it was strange too because the whole game outside of the first inning – was pretty stress-free if you want to compare, like, you know, Game 6 against the Dodgers, which was absolutely terrifying, or even, like, Game 3 against Houston, which was terrifying when we were down, like, 2-1. to one. You know, this game just felt like going into it with a fully rested freed and facing Luis Garcia on three days rest. There was just a confidence, even though I know Sunday ended in disaster. There was a confidence, I think, that... The Atlanta fan base doesn't normally have that. It had that night. I know we had it. We kind of were like oddly calm. Cool as a cucumber. We were not like any other fan base that's teamed is up five, three, nothing, five, nothing, six, nothing. It would be party mode. But oh, we yeah. were we were not in party no. mode. No, we were very reserved. Even when it was seven nothing, I was like, "There's in my head." I was saying, "There's literally no chance we fucking blow this." But I was also like, "I'm not going to get excited because we've been here before." Just like there was no chance we were going to get blow twenty eight to three. Do you think blowing seven nothing would have been worse than twenty eight to three? Just just to just to be yeah yeah I, I I think so. Especially for baseball, like football, there's a lot of shit that can happen that can swing momentum. Not to say baseball there isn't, but it's a lot harder to score in baseball than it is in football. So just that would have just been the worst. I don't know if I I, I would have watched game seven, but I would have been just like I don't know. I've been a puddle of piss. Just I, sitting there. I certainly did not like the fact that it was seven nothing is just so awesome. And honestly, going to that game, you know, I said it right here on Atlanta's own Braves and six. You did. You called it. And I was very confident going into that game because, like, we know who Max Fried is. I know he had, you know, really his the, his first start in the World Series. Like we say, it was bad, but it was a bunch of bullshit little like hits that were given up. Yeah, didn't a bunch really of grounders, get, kind of fluky bad luck. They stuff. only had about two or three hits that were like hit hard. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, yeah, it was a bunch of bullshit. And that's kind of how the first inning started, which was frustrating. But he wasn't going to let it happen that night. Yeah, I mean, so, like, it, there was... 
It was the exact same thing, like grounder in the hole to start the game off. Infield single. Infield single, and then that like really weird play that there's no reason Freed should not have broken his ankle on that play at first. I had immediate flashbacks to 2013 when that happened to Huddy, which I think is one of the reasons we got beaten by the Dodgers because we didn't have Huddy in that in LDS. But because uh, he broke his ankle, it's like the same thing. Eric Young Jr. steps on Hudson's ankle. I remember that like it was yesterday, just being absolutely devastated watching uh, the game at City Field. I wasn't there, but that's where it happened. And I was just like, holy shit. And they kept, and Fox, to their discredit, I would say, showed that replay about, I'd say, 12 times. Yeah. What were they doing? It was like, we get it. He was stepped on. Um, the weird part about it to me was one that Max did not break his ankle and then went on to throw out six shutout innings. I mean, that was just unreal. And the other weird thing also was that we didn't challenge that because it was like he didn't make contact with the base. Uh, Brantley didn't. He stepped on Freed's leg and kept running, and then Freed touched the bag afterwards. So, I mean, that was, that was, that was a, this is an odd scenario all around. You don't see that very often. Yeah, apparently he was wearing plastic spikes. Brantley was? Yeah. That could have been the difference. Which, absolutely, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it certainly felt like the most true to Atlanta. After, like, Charlie Morton breaks his freaking leg on what looked like an innocent ground ball that, like, he goes back and pitches another inning after yeah. this in game one. So, like, Morton's the guy we brought in to pitch that game five, which is the whole reason we're in Houston for game six and getting a little nervous again. But then, like, as soon as I saw Freed get stepped on, I was like, oh, he's done. Yeah. We have to go bullpen oh, game totally. now. Do we bring in Anderson now? I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it was, was crazy. awful. But all it did, it made Freed mad. And it put Freed in that bulldog mode that we've seen so many times and we know. And it's like, once he got out of that inning, limited them to zero damage, you could just see, oh, he's locked in. Yeah. This is over. Like, he's he threw... I don't know what inning it was. For second or third inning, he threw one ninety-eight point four. That was actually to end the first inning. That's to end the first. That's when he struck out Guriel on three fastballs. He did his best Tyler Matzik imitation there. Which, which that pitch was the fastest pitch he's thrown all year, and the third fastest of his career. Yeah, and so, that that's when you knew. I agree. That's when you knew something special was in the air from him. For him to one, two runners on, no outs to get two strikeouts and a ground out there, and especially emphatically in the inning with the strikeout at 98 miles an hour, was just sick as hell. I watched that again this morning, um, that that strikeout, and it was just, golly. I mean, that umpire loved the low uh, strike zone call. And that was another thing that I really loved that, that we tried to do during the series was the Astros kill high fastballs and fastballs even when you're trying to jam people, especially free that start just like painted – the lower black with just nothing but low fastballs to get a lot of outs. And that was, that sort of began that whole trend. And he just, just took off from there. It It is remarkable that our pitching staff only gave up two home runs to this Houston Astros lineup in the entire series. It's only Altuve. Which just rakes. And it was just Altuve. Yeah. The five, six guy. And in that stupid stadium with the short left field porch, like, you certainly thought there would be some cheapies. Can I give you some some batting averages in this series from the Astros, Adam? Please. Just to see how say how good our pitching was. Altuve, 222. Alvarez, who was the ALCS MVP and hit like 465, hit 100. Alex Bregman, 095. Mm. Hell, Maldonado was hitting 235, which no one thought was going to happen. He had a better World Series 
than Alvarez, Altuve, and Bregman offensively, which is just crazy. And no one else really did much either. I mean, Correa hit 261. Brantley was the only guy who was really consistent at 333. Tucker had a decent series at 286, but no one else did anything. They only really had two games where they they showed up offensively in game two and uh, game five, and that's it. I mean, other than that, they were they were shut down. They so were this this pitching staff did a phenomenal job. Yeah, just and and we we were down to once again two starters, and Freed and I mean, thank God we won that game one Morton start. Like that was the AJ Mentor game yeah. when he came in, big balls really saved us in that game to preserve that lead. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know where to start here, Graham. There's so much good shit in this series. Yeah. So I, many different players stepped up. I want to talk about the MVP for a second and Jorge Soler. Um, everybody's talked to death about Anthopolis making these moves that made the difference. But, I mean, it was exemplified once again in this series with Soler hitting three go-ahead home runs, one in game one, one in game three, which was even more impressive. That was a pinch hit home run. Coming off the bench cold and was like how big, how big was that? that was, oh my god! Just, I was following insane. Dansby who hadn't done anything right all playoffs, back. and then hits the emphatic three-run homer in the in the third inning that set the tone. And he did it with this just badass swagger. We hit it so fast and so hard. I thought it was a pop-up because it just went so far, like out of this out of the screen and i saw him looking down and i was like oh no he popped up he popped up and i was like oh man he's really excited never mind and then you just see the ball just sailing over the railroad track and you're like holy shit this guy how he turned his season around when we traded for him i was bitching on twitter maybe i'll tag uh, old takes exposed and just saying i'm glad we ended the deadline trading for a guy who's hitting under 200 with like minus 1.7 war to end the trade deadline. I'll never be happier to eat this uh, big old crow I'm, I'm eating right now because he turned it around, man. He well, turned it I know he was doing better at the end in Kansas City, but who would have thunk any of these guys would have had the postseasons they've had? But particularly Solaire, which is struggling like crazy ever since he was the home run champ in 2019. Bad season last year. Bad season this year until he really came over to us. As somebody so eloquently put it on Twitter – it was the most violent and disrespectful swing they've ever seen in their life on that home run. Sums it up perfectly. Sometimes you got to pimp a home run. Yeah. And that was a perfect occasion for it. Very that, appropriate. That stupid crowd was sitting there waving their towels, thinking they're intimidating, and then Solaire just, like, stomps on them. It was a thing of beauty. And I'll tell you who thought of it. Alex Anthopoulos thought of it. Like, he was smart enough, like, we got a good scouting department, Graham. Like they, they knew that he was heating up, and he's been a really good player in the past. 2020 was a weird year for a lot of players. Sure. But he also struggled so you know, incredibly during 2020. But as soon as like the first or second game of seeing him, as soon as we see, oh, this guy knows how to work an at-bat. Like that's he, the crazy you part. You see a guy that big, you think he's just strikeout or home run, and that's not the case at all with him. The fact that he was hitting leadoff for us for a while. Yeah. No, and he's he on base this series of 391. And slugged 800. So that's like a 1,091 OPS. I mean, that's as, about as good as you can do it. And if there's anything I've learned from this season is it's just shocking how many terrible takes there are and how confident people are that they're right in their takes. And, you know, the whole season long. Like, look at Solaire. Look at 
Rosario. People thinking that was a waste of time. Like, why are we getting a fourth outfielder? What do we need him for? Like, the NLCS and the World Series MVP. Freaking Will Smith, for Christ's sakes, who you and I have almost pulled knives out over. Yeah. Like, zero runs in the playoffs? He was unstoppable. Come on. Well, I mean, we saw it in the last, like, two weeks of the season. It was really that San Diego series when you when you did not watch the rest of that game when I was over at your house and you're hanging out by the fire where he loads the bases loaded and then decides to strike out the side. I was like, ever since then, no one's really touched him. I don't even know. How, I think he may have given one run, one or two runs since then, but in the playoffs especially. And we I saw it when I went to the last game. We talked about it. Got out, he shut the Phillies down in nine pitches. He found it and figured it out, and credit to him for taking all the bullshit from a lot of people. I would think that a lot of that criticism was warranted at the time. He was getting hit hard. He was not reliable, even when he was converting saves. And then he found a way to just flip a switch, figured something out. Did I don't know what he did, but his stuff was damn near unhittable. And even when he gave up that hit in the ninth inning in game six, I was like, that's fine. That's a prerequisite sometimes with Will Smith. You have total 100% faith in this guy. It was, it was great. But I would also say this. No one would have predicted that all all four of those guys would have contributed the way they did. Usually when you make a bevy of moves like that, you expect one to work, two to work. All four worked brilliantly, and not just within the box score, but in the clubhouse with that Jock Peterson article, which I, don't, I think came out after the last uh, episode we recorded, where he really turned the clubhouse around. Credit him and Stephen Vogt for doing that and instilling some confidence, instilling some fun in these guys that had endured a lot of hardship during the season. This is... Hands down, the greatest Braves team of all time. I do not say that lightly for them to overcome what they did this year, to win the World Series, to beat the best pitching staff of the Brewers, to beat the juggernaut that is the Dodgers, the defending champions, and then beat the best offense in baseball in Houston. This is the best team we have ever seen in the history of this franchise. That is not hyperbole. Yeah, and it's because of it's not necessarily the best players we've ever no. seen on a Braves team at all, but like they absolutely, it's the clubhouse. It's the man that leads that clubhouse and Brian Snicker and that environment that he has created. And Anthopolis for like just bringing in guys that he knows are going to fit. He's not going to bring in someone who's just going to destroy a clubhouse. And, you know, they, they really do their homework on who these people, who they are as people, not just players. So like, yeah, like Jock, I mean, he if there was an, an MVP for an NL DS, it probably would have been Jock. Yeah. He didn't do shit the rest of the playoffs, but he won us that series. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. He gave us the opportunity to be here. And, um, you know, Duvall had his his big knocks. He had the grand slam that everyone thought was going to be it in, ga in game <laughs> yeah. five. We yeah. thought that, like, he was going to be the hero. Big but home run in game one as well. Big Yeah, exactly. Like, he he turned it up. And, and played stellar defense. Played awesome defense. Yeah. Especially in a position. Normally, he's a corner outfielder. To, to man center field like that. Nothing bad happened when he played center field at all. Made that huge play against the Dodgers. I can't remember what game that was. I think game four to preserve a run. Um, he was he was huge. Yeah, Duvall, I don't think, got enough, uh, enough credit. He seems to be the forgotten guy that came over. How long ago was it? Remember his base running gaffe against the Brewers? Yes. How, How long ago does that feel, though? Two of those. That's like that's <laughs> like a month ago. I know. That's, that's crazy. I mean, we were talking about it before the show. Like, my body is exhausted. I can't imagine how the players feel. Like, it was literally just drinking and watching baseball either every night or every other night. And um, well, and getting, like, very little sleep. And then having to work and 
go about your daily bullshit and the whole time just thinking about baseball and wanting to watch the Braves and cheer for the Braves. I mean, it was a great time, but I'm glad that we won and that's and that's over with because like I am so tired. And if I'm so tired, I can't imagine how the players feel. They must be exhausted, spent, but in the best possible way, coming away with this World Series. Having responsibilities really does suck. It's like day after the World Series win, I had to be up at 6 a.m. to get to stupid work. So, but it was like, I feel the night of, I didn't really know how to celebrate. I didn't know what to do with myself. It's like, um, was that Will Ferrell? I, I don't know what to do with my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's how I was trying to celebrate a championship. I was like, this isn't new. I had to ask intern Jared. <laughs> what do I do? He's a Patriots fan. What do I do? And he sent me a very thoughtful text that I think I'll, I'll read on air here in, in a second the next day about how to celebrate a championship. But um, it didn't really hit me until the next morning when I turned on 680 The Fan in the front row and hearing all those guys talk about it and just like, you know, the run it's been and they're talking about watching it with their sons and just telling them to savor this. This isn't something that happens often as we can attest to. Mm-hmm. And I truly, in my heart of hearts, like I, I did not see us, not just for this year. Like, yeah. you know, I know we have a lot of talent, but it's just like, there's so many hurdles to get over. And like so many things have to just click at the right time in order to win a championship. And as Jock Peterson so eloquently put it this year, we were those motherfuckers, Graham. Yes, yes, we were somehow, some way. And like I said, like I was saying earlier, I just it's it's just unfathomable to think that this team would have won with who they had in place. It's not like we traded for, uh, I don't know, Mike Trout or something. Or you know, you see a lot of these World Series teams make one big move to push them over the edge. You know, we think about Houston trading for Verlander during when they won the World Series that year. Um, I know Boston, when they won most recently, traded for Evaldi, who became their postseason hero. He was a very good pitcher. We traded for guys who were forgotten about, guys who were on the scrap heap. You know, Eddie Rosario, I had him. I drafted him on fantasy baseball this year. I dropped him in, in June. I was like, this guy can't stay healthy. He has like a 540 OPS. Stupid me, I guess. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> um, it, it's just, that's why they're the best Braves team ever, is they did it because exactly, like, exactly what you just said. They're not the most talented. They don't maybe they only have maybe one or two potential Hall of Fame players, whereas the Braves had Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, Chipper, and a Hall of Fame manager. You know, the only guy I can think of that has like really a shot right now to be a Hall of Famer, that's not to say that can't change, is Freddie Freeman. And that's it. Everyone else, despite the fact that you know Riley was also great this year, but it's really just like it's that's why it's so crazy. And also to not have the most dominant, you know, starting pitching in the world either. And to not only go through all this adversity in the regular season, but go through it in the playoffs. So Lair missed damn near the entire Dodgers series, and we still won. Charlie Morton breaks his freaking leg in game one of the World Series. We still won. It's like nothing could stop this team. It's runaway freight train. You could, it was like, it was like they're a, a, a damn... Uh, you know, SpongeBob and, and SpongeBob SquarePants. He could get his arm ripped off, but a new arm would just come back because he's a sponge and can just regenerate. That's what the Braves did all year. It wasn't the same arm that would come back. It was a different one that could hit you just as hard. It's, it's crazy shit, man. We will never see anything like this for the rest of our lives. I mean, it's it's just organization. It's the players. It's an uh, incredible 
coaching staff. I know you said Ron Washington's the worst third base coach in the league. I don't think that's true, Graham. I didn't say he was the worst. I just said I don't agree with how you, aggressive he is. You said he's he awful, sometimes. I believe. I and said he was he's bad. And that's definitely not true. Well, and I think he he means a ton to this organization. Oh, yeah, no it's going to be pretty sad if we lose him. But like also like the Triple A team. Let's talk about Kyle freaking Wright. That was the biggest thing. Like, and I, uh, I was, I questioned. This is one of the few times I questioned Snicker in the World Series was starting, not Dil- necessarily Davidson, even though that's still kind of crazy. Dylan Lee, but starting Dylan Lee in that situation, that's just too much for a kid to handle. But I was like, I mean, the whole time I was thinking that day, I was like, just start Kyle Wright. He really closed it out strong. Gwinnett. I don't know why he didn't do it. it. Didn't really matter because he pretty much did start the game, came in and cleaned up. But yes, to come in in that situation in Game Three. He he was one of the biggest players in the series. He only had one appearance, but it was a huge appearance. Was it four and two thirds innings? I think he only gave up one run. Uh, he had that like phenomenal. You never know, and I, I think the idea. I don't know why you went with Dylan Lee, but like I think the idea was Kyle Wright has some bad issues with the first. There's some bad history there with Kyle Wright pitching well, I, in the I first. I think it was inning. also Dylan Lee's left hander, left hander, and there were a couple lefties up there in the lineup for. Houston, so it's maybe cert- it was a. It wasn't like, random. No, no, it wasn't it, random. It was thought out. It's um, a big thing to but do. But like though. Kyle Wright looks so good. Like his mound presence, his stuff was nasty. Um, I, I can't remember who on the Astros was saying like his slider, no slider, curveball was just as good as Charlie Morton's, if not better. Like he's figured something out. I'm excited to watch his progression. He next year. he was nasty. So maybe it was great for him to, instead of doing the the train ride from Gwinnett to Atlanta, to Gwinnett, to Atlanta. And Snicker said so much, we kind of have stunted his development by doing that with a lot of these young pitchers. Mm-hmm. So for him to just be in AAA this year, pitch every five days, get his confidence, like for him to show up like that in the World Series, it's pretty incredible. But that's just yeah. like what this team has been. It's always just who's up next? Yeah. Who's got to step up? No. Was... And that was, that was just massive. Like you, every, every single game, it was a new hero. Like, Yeah, it really was. I mean, let's think about it. Like, Another guy I want to talk about is Austin Riley, who also had quietly a very good World Series. I don't think he had a home run, but he hit 320. Multiple times throughout the playoffs, he had the big RBI. When there were two outs and a guy on, it seemed like he always came through with a double down the line or a single or something. He drove in run after run after run in critical scenarios, including in this in this World Series as well. Um, I really appreciated his consistent—you know, it's just like the regular season. He was consistent all the way through. He had that, you know, little bad stretch uh, in L.A. when we, we were in L.A. for three games. But other than that, he, he did a hell of a job continuing that consistent production that we enjoyed during the regular season. Yeah, as we've said a lot this year, like I mean, him stepping up like he did to become an MVP caliber player is just like, that's why we're here. Yeah, no, he's a huge reason that's why we're here. And I'm also happy to report that, once again, Freddie Freeman is not broken. Never doubt Freddie Freeman again. Sorry. That was a mistake. Freddie Freeman is a free agent, though. That's true. But, like, he's coming back. Let's stop, it's, let's, it's, let's stop this nonsense. And let's also talk about this. Just in the World Series, apparently, the battery got, like, $200 million in revenue, I think. And they got an additional 237 in Q3 or something like that for the Braves. That's just and it doesn't count concessions. It doesn't count merchandise. It doesn't count that $75 overpriced sweatshirt I bought in the NLCS. There's no excuse. They probably have 800 900 Who knows? How, they, how much revenue they have. They've got the damn money. Yes. And, t- and they've got the goodwill. Like, we're going to this parade tomorrow. I 
canceled some travel plans in order to make sure. I've, n- I've never had to plan around a damn World Series before. At that point, it's over, and you're just like, well, it's time to continue on with my life. I watched game three and four in the woods this past weekend, Graham, on a camping trip. Like, it was, you got to do it. Yeah. Like, but anyways, that doesn't matter. What matters is we have plenty of money, and you cannot lose the goodwill. Like, we're going to this parade tomorrow. There's going to be a million people on this parade route, allegedly, and I believe it. Yeah. They canceled school. You said a million? Yes, that's what Jesus they're saying. Christ. I think I think combined between downtown and Cobb County. Okay, I was about to say, I don't, that can't be a million people in downtown. No, like between the two. Um, which it's it's great they're starting it in downtown as well. Like that's where this all started. You know where I wanted to start? It started in uh, Centennial Park, but I wanted to start at Georgia State Stadium. They should have done that. I'm, I'm a little surprised they didn't do that. Or the what? what, what? At, Hank, at Hank Aaron's Wall. Start it there. Yeah, or that. Either one would be appropriate. In the damn green lot. No one. It's probably trying to make it more central downtown as opposed to where that location but it, is. But it would have come through downtown. I agree. I mean, I think it's uh, silly. Yeah. But um, anyways, very much looking forward to experience that tomorrow. I, you know, I remember it from the 1995 Atlanta Braves championship VHS tape that we all remember so fondly. I watched it uh, yesterday. It's on YouTube. Just look, 95 World Series video, and you can watch it. It's an hour and six minutes of, uh, of greatness. I'm going to make my in-laws watch this next week. Oh, yeah. 100%. Narrated by Lynn Kairou, mm. he of uh, Sweeney Todd fame on Broadway. But of, but of course, Graham. Yes. Everyone, everyone knows those details. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm just starting to ramble on this. So this is going to be the type of show this is. Like, it's just yeah. like it's, we, it's, we need to process our feelings here. Graham. It's crazy, but you know what's funny is like you were saying after it was over, we just sort of like high fived and stuff. Like I was high fiving people, and then I I was going down a line. It was just like this is what you're supposed to do, I guess. And like I high fived you, and then I high fived Veronica, and she was like. Hug Adam for Christ's sake! And I was like, "Oh yeah!" And I looked at you. I was like, "We're fucking champions!" And we jumped around like a bunch of idiots. We've been and waiting for this for a while. Yeah. You know what though, Graham? This feeling's great. I'm gonna say. Look, actually, let me. This is this is a good time to get into the intern Jared text. Oh no, I, I think I hired him and then fired him. He's he's gonna be hired again because of this text. He said. Thought more about the question you asked about how best to enjoy a championship like this. I'm sure you don't need me to tell you, but do as much basking as possible over the next few weeks. It's a good checklist for us, Graham. Enjoy chatting with strangers and randos about this team. This gutsy, ballsy, gritty, and fun team that had contributions from everyone. This team that slayed the mighty Dodgers with who knows how much lower of a payroll. This team that proved how chemistry and determination can often be the most important ingredients. Listen to as much sports radio as you can. Squawk with Graham about it endlessly. Revel in the demise of the choker narrative. It's all gravy, baby. Ooh, and also buy a couple of newspapers. Can frame one and keep others as a memento. Mm. It's well said. Thank you, intern Jared. Yes, thank you. I want to, uh, speaking of text, I want to read something from my mom. For those that don't remember uh, what we mentioned, my mom moved to Atlanta for the sole purpose that they had a professional baseball team in, like, 1980. She did not move here for any reason other than that. So without that, I would not have been born. The show wouldn't have happened. The show? <laughs> uh most importantly, the show wouldn't have happened. But, but uh, you know, so the Braves mean a lot to her and to my, my family. And she texted me game one, and she was bitching about uh, how the strike zone was too tight from the umpire. 
And she said, forgive my enthusiasm, but I just had a thought. This may be the last time I see the Braves in a World Series. After all, it's been 22 years since the last one. I may never see another, so I'm going to be all over every single pitch. You can put that on your podcast. So, um, Didn't you say she fell asleep in game one, though? She did. Um, <laughs> she stayed up for all the other ones, though. That first game went to like... That was like four and a half hours or something. It was like a marathon. These damn 8 p.m. start times are just brutal. Yeah. And very unfair to us on the East Coast. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. But uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to my mom there, who has uh, always been great to me, taught me how to be a sports fan, taught me how to be a Braves fan. Um, it means a lot to, um, for me, for her to be able to experience this. Um, and I also thought about my grandfather who passed – a couple weeks ago during the NLCS, he was a big Braves fan. So wish he could have stuck around a little yeah. longer to see to see this happen because we talked last October about on the phone about, you know, oh, man, we might beat the Dodgers and we could, we could do it. He's like, oh, it would be great. I'm not getting any younger over here. Mm. Um, I also thought about my dad who's also a big Braves fan. He's been, been gone for a while. Uh, he would have loved this shit um, all over the place. So very emotional time for people who have also lost Braves fans in their lives. Um, there's a woman I was listening to. Domino and Cellini yesterday who called in and said, I don't know if it was her son or father or somebody. She said, the biggest Braves fan I know just died last night, like during the game. That's brutal. I wish you could have seen this, but I know he's happy right now. So it's just, uh, it's a big moment for, for people who have, who've had, you know, friends, family in their lives who are no longer here. So it's uh bittersweet in that respect, but it's also very sweet. Cause you know, you know, if there is a afterlife out there, they're enjoying the shit out of this. They're so, they're all champions. Now. They're all champions. Yeah. We're all champions, just like Snickers said. And that that leads me into so I said something about how I had canceled plans to go. I didn't cancel. I was supposed to fly to Puerto Rico tomorrow, and then I decided there's just no way I to see my wife's family, and there's no way I could just miss this parade. Like it wouldn't feel right. <laughs> but I wanted to like fully explain to them like how much why this team means so much to me. So I put it in writing, and this is where the emotions first started flowing. So I said, sorry for the change of plans, but Atlanta only has had one championship ever, and I was six years old when it happened and too young to appreciate it. My only memories of it are watching the 1995 World Series VHS tape over and over again in elementary and middle school. This 2021 version of this team has overcome losing their number four hitter for legal issues, our number one starting pitcher, who retore his Achilles after rehabbing for almost a year, and our best overall player in Ronald Acuna. This is a team that had a losing record until early August and only started winning after our GM went out and traded for four outfielders and Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler, and of course the pride of Guayama, Puerto Rico, Eddie Rosario, all of which played crucial roles throughout the playoffs. A team led by Brian Snitker, who has been with the organization since 1977 and only became manager on an interim basis in 2016 after we fired our previous manager. He won the clubhouse over after they saw that he would do anything for them and gave management no option but to hire him full-time. Our bullpen was anchored by a former first-round pick in Tyler Matzik, who was out of baseball for two years because he developed the yips and could no longer throw a baseball. A closer in Will Smith who this entire fan base wanted cut throughout the entire season, and then he gives up zero freaking runs in the entire playoffs. An MVP in Freddie Freeman, who had a home run off the best closer in the game to give us the opportunity to make it to the World Series in the first place. 
I tear up writing all of this as I have lifelong friendships formed around the Atlanta Braves, and I honestly never thought that they would win a championship in my lifetime. To also see my wife get swept up in the fervor of this team and both my mom and mother-in-law excitedly texting me throughout the playoffs makes it all the more special. So yes, while I'm extremely excited to see you all in Puerto Rico, I must push it one day because it would not feel right to not be at the parade that starts in downtown Atlanta. Go Braves. That's beautifully put. I think also that's the thing, man. That's why we love sports so much. It's Woo! about uh, it's about the uh, it's about the relationships you form with people. That's yes. what makes it special. It's not the game. It's the larger. The game is like it is a child's game. The, we realize the, that. it is. The game brings you together, but what's important is the larger context of the relationships you build through the game. Whether you're a player, coach, fan, you know that's that's what makes it special. That's what Dansby Swanson said to Heidi Watney, the MLB Network, after it was over. She was like, or he was like, you know, we love each other. And apparently, you know, Ron Washington was a big, he would always write something new on in the clubhouse every day. And then one day, I think in like September or something, he wrote love. And they just stuck with that for the rest of mm. the, the rest of the season and the rest of the postseason. And it was always up there. It was love. And that's what sports is all about, man. That's why it's, a, that's why it's such a great team. Oh, yeah, brother. That's why we do this. I, I know you don't love champagne, but yeah. let's have a little let's toast have to, a little the toast to the Braves here. Enjoy this championship that I honestly thought... We'd be 80, 85 when this happens? I thought we'd be dead. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll drink that we're still alive to watch the Braves. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm actually starting to like champagne a little bit There we go. (laughs) Well, I mean, during the wedding, I had some. We had some, and we got taken away in our our car. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm starting to, like, appreciate this a little bit. Maybe it's just breaking me down. Yeah. Not something I'm going to seek out, but it's something I can tolerate. It's a celebratory drink, right? Yeah. Um. Tyler Matzik, Adam, once again. I mean, can we just break down his entire postseason? 15 and two-thirds innings pitched. 24 strikeouts to four walks. Only allowed 10 hits in 15 innings. So that's a sub one whip. That's a .89 whip. Um, golly. I mean, I know Will Smith did his thing, but Tyler Matzik was putting in multi-inning efforts. And that's the kind of shit, man. That's the kind of shit... The championship mentality coach and I have been talking about snicker unleash these guys when they absolutely needed to. It made a difference to the way he managed, um, particularly with how he, you know, was saying mentor, you got to go two, three innings, you know, a couple of times. Matzik went two innings, I think, three or four times. Um, that's that's holding nothing back. That's saying these are my horses. I am riding my horses. We're going to win this thing or lose this thing on their back, but I'm going with my best. And Matzik was the best. I know Will Smith was brilliant, but Matzik, you you don't beat the Dodgers without Matzik. Yeah, I mean that that inning is the best he, inning of baseball I've ever seen. Like that is like I I realize he wasn't the MVP of that series, but he he might have been the MVP of the entire playoffs for us. Yeah, with that inning. Alone. Yeah, like that that was just unbelievable. And kudos to Luke Jackson as well, who. A lot of people are saying, put him in the minors. He, he, had, he shouldn't have a big role in this team. He comes back, and he was great in the World Series. Yeah, he was great in the World Series, and he was great all year. I know the Dodgers, the, like... The Dodgers own him for whatever yeah. reason. He pitched well in the World Series, for sure. Um, and that was another thing, too, that was interesting to me. It was how the Dodgers did... Or not the Dodgers. The Astros did get Mentor in that Game 5, and Mentor got rattled there, for sure. When he walked Maldonado, I was like, well, fuck me. He just doesn't have it tonight. But you can't be perfect every single time out there. But the Dodgers never really adjusted to Smith or Matzik. They hit Matzik once in, like, game one. They kind of got a couple hits off him. But other than that, he couldn't be stopped. The man is an animal. 
Um, and I think he, he will be a huge part of this this team going forward. Let's. I think everybody knows what happened in all these games. I don't think we need to recap them. We've also been talking for like what feels like seven hours. So I want to talk a little bit about off-season stuff, mm. if you're up for it. Just look ahead a little bit. Start thinking about it. We, Of course, we want to, you know, adhere to newly rehired intern Jared's uh, words of wisdom. But it's also fun to start thinking about how we're going to try and defend this title. Ooh, I like that word, defend. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I certainly realized today I want more, Graham. Oh, yeah. Like a World Series. Th- no, this is phenomenal. This is what we've been wanting. And I, th- I think, I know you said you're not super excited about the parade because you're not a parade guy. I feel like this is going to be a very different parade. I was at the Atlanta United parade which was potatoes compared to what this is going to be. And obviously I didn't have the lifelong fandom to the United that I do the Braves. And it was freaking cool, man. Like seeing that bus go by with the players holding the trophies. Like it's a cool thing. Oh yeah. I want to see it. Tomorrow is going to be epic. And like that's, it's really going to all hit tomorrow. But after the parade, you're right. We're on the defense. Right. And we have freaking Mike Soroka and Ronald Acuna getting added to this championship team. and uh, Hopefully Soroka. So we'll see about Soroka. But yeah. de- definitely, definitely Acuna. Acuna. And you know, like as happy as Acuna was, and he, we saw him a lot uh, cheering in the World Series and throughout this playoffs, that is killing him to not be out there playing. Oh, yeah. Like he's gotten a ring, but he kind of got a ring in the same way that um, Carson Wentz got a ring in a way. Not, not true because... Honestly, we don't make the playoffs if it's no, not for Acuna. But that's the same thing with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz carried the Eagles the entire season until they got to the playoffs. It was like the same kind of dynamic almost. Gotcha. I, I didn't know what Carson yeah, Wentz sorry. did. You know, Carson Wentz, let me forget that first year, um, the Eagles Super Bowl year, he was an absolute freak. He could have been the MVP of the league, but the la- he got hurt in the last two weeks and missed the rest of the playoffs, and that's when Nick Foles took over. Yeah. So it was the same thing. Like Acuna was having an MVP caliber season. He was the best player war-wise already had three and a half war in july he was on track for seven eight war i mean he was he was the only reason really that we him and austin riley were the only two reasons that we were still alive and um yeah so he was a he's a huge part of why we won but you're exactly right in the sense that we won and he won but he didn't wasn't able to contribute in the playoffs and and you're exactly right that's going to eat at him he's going to be back and hungry as a motherfucker next year to go out there and win the MVP, hit 40 home runs, steal 40 bases, get eight and nine war, and just go nuts and try to carry us to a second consecutive World Series. Will it happen? I don't know. But I do know he will be back, and he will be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, we're, we are set up like no other team as well, you know? Yeah, like, like we should bring Freddie back 100%. Yeah, obviously we'll bring Freddie back. You have to bring back one of Rosario or Soler. I don't think you're going to be able to bring back both of them. No, I think Soler is the guy I'm banking on. And the reason why is um, the discipline of the at-bats. Every at-bat he has seems like it goes deep in the count. He's, and he's either getting on base or he's making good contact and getting out. Like, he doesn't strike out a lot. He walks a lot. He's got immense power, as we've seen. He's the guy out of all of them I'm going after. Jock is too expensive. Jock's way too expensive. It's a $10 million option. No thanks. He's great. I love him. But, no, that's too much money. This is really sad looking at the current Braves roster. I didn't realize it was updated. You look at infielders, there's no Freddie Freeman on there. Sick. Our outfielder currently is Adam Duvall, Terrence Gore, Heredia, Ozuna, and Jock Peterson. And we know one of those guys isn't going to be back for sure. 
well, two of those guys, like Ozuna's not coming back and Gore's not coming back. Terrence Gore has three World Series rings, by the way. How crazy is that? That's wild. <laughs> I wanted him to get in there and pinch runs so bad in that yeah, game six. I, I wanted to see it. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's uh, it's weird right now for sure without Freddie, and I'm I'm so happy for Freddie. Um, just a step back a second from the offseason, for him to finally get the championship and put a, and put the exclamation point. Everybody talks about the last catch and everything, and that's great. But big double and then a game-sealing home run. Um, and he had a great World Series. Hit over 300, multiple home runs, good at bats. Um and he had, he had a great overall postseason. I mean, this is the stuff that your that your cornerstone franchise players need to do, and he did it in spades. And he's he's the best first baseman in baseball, and um, better bring him back. Got to bring him back. There's no there's no freaking option. This they, we they will burn the goodwill they've built, and we will also burn Truist Park to the ground. I don't think that's true. It's it's not. <laughs> we, we got our one championship, Grant. We've always said that's all we ever wanted was one championship. Now you get it, and it changes. You still want to be good, and you don't want to wait another quarter century to get another one. Like, all due respect to Atlanta United, winning the MLS Cup is on the same level as winning the NBA title, a World Series, or a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, let's be the team of the 2020s now, Grant. Yeah. We were supposed to be the team of the 90s. Let's try and be the team of the 2020s. Yeah. Um, who would you bring back between Soler and Rosario? Probably Solaire, um, just to be DH. So then you're rocking. So Duvall, I know there's a team option, but no, it's a, actually it's a player option. I think they're going to re-sign him yeah. to maybe a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. So we got Duvall, Acuna, Solaire, DHing, and um, I, I don't like Pache. I don't think he's a thing anymore. Like I think I think we got to trade him. No, I don't want to give up on him. He's young, he's super young. You don't give up he's, on a he's young. Still kid. got Drew Waters too. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, I think I could conceivably see us making a move for an outfielder, an additional outfielder. Like if this is one year to like you know do a little splurging of free agency with all the revenue. Please, if there's well, if there's some good. Free if we're agent doing that, there, I just want to bring back both of them, Rosario and Soler. You could. I just think that Soler's run is a little more sustainable than Rosario. Even though Rosario had a, he's always been a good player, man. He's always been a very streaky player. You ask any Twins fan, he's always been a little up and down his whole career. So Lair, I feel like, is on the precipice of being like superstar, a force if he can continue this display discipline and continue to tap in the power he's always had on a more consistent level. Um, and worst case scenario, you don't get another outfielder and you got Solaire out there. I know he's kind of a butcher, but um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. He never hurt us. No, and I think uh, oh, you got you to go it up for Super Eddie Rosario also for that miracle catch in Game Three where it looked like that ball was just going to uh, be a double for sure off the wall, and he didn't know where it was and just stuck his glove out and caught it somehow. That's just that's just the kind of the luck that you need every once in a while to win a championship, too. It's just shit like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not ready for offseason stuff yet, Graham, I'll be honest that's with fair. you. That's um, fair. Just like the fact that we hadn't lost consecutive games since, what, like September. early September? Yeah, that's what I kept thinking about, too. I was like... When we were coming back for this game six, I was like, well, we haven't lost two games in a row in, like, damn near two months now, so why why start now? Especially after that, like, month stretch where we did nothing but win-lose, 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 win-lose. Yeah, it's like, it was just win, 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 win. It was just a remarkable run. And, like, Atlanta, like, we're on a bit of a hot streak with that, the Hawks Eastern Conference run. Yeah. Braves making 
a deep run last year and then winning it all this year. Yeah, it's, like, it's a it's a great time. Things are trending and United, very well. Yeah, United winning their championship. You I know I just disparage. I'm not disparaging them. It's just they're not on the same level. Well, when, it's not one of the major sports. Yeah, when when players leave to go play in different leagues, you're not you're not the premium of of the sport. There's Sorry, four, there's four major sports. MLS is not one of them. Yeah, and if you want to include soccer in anything, it's not the MLS. Like you could talk about Premier League or the World Cup or something that ain't. You know, it's a hell of a lot better than MLS. So sorry, United fans. It's just, just speaking speaking facts here. Not to devalue what they've done. Um, trying to think of anything else. Um, How are you feeling about all this, Graham? I feel great. It's uh, it's emotional. Certainly, really emotional. Um, it's just a team that you spent so much time with. I mean, I'm, I'm like closer with the Braves than I am like, <laughs> feel like some members of my extended family, you know? It's like, uh, that's fair. It's just like you, which maybe is unhealthy, but you know, whatever. A man has to have uh, things he cares about. And like we talked about, it's about the relationships that you have with people who enjoy the same thing. And uh, it's, it's just so gratifying to be able to say, I've stuck with this franchise, I you know, through all the bullshit and for them to, give us a championship is uh, truly a, a beautiful thing. And um, yeah, I feel, I feel, it feels great. It's still like a surreal feeling that I still don't feel like it's real. Like you walk around and just like we won the world series. There's no hanging your head. There's no stuff that's eating away at you as a sports fan. There's no like second guessing things. Um, you know, we just talked about not starting Dylan Lee, but you know, whatever. It's it doesn't like matter. The, it's, yeah. It doesn't matter. We won the world series and we won that game <laughs> and we won that game. Um, Snicker, I'm very proud of him. Also reading the story about how Hank Aaron hired him, um, which is just crazy. That Hank Aaron took him in his office while he was still a player. He was like, you don't got it. You're not going to go anywhere. Like, just retire and we'll find something for you to do. Yeah. And that started him on his path to becoming a World Series manager. Um, so I know that's emotional for him to be able to uh, – you know, when also the same year that Hank Aaron unfortunately passed away, but uh, just, 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 it's just a great story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great story. I mean, just the years he was in the minors and like even when he was in the majors as a third base coach, getting fired essentially and sent down to right. manage Gwinnett. when he's fifty five. Yeah, and he's like, well, I've been doing it this long. I don't think I can do anything else. Yeah. He's, he always says that was the toughest one for him. But then, you know, they bring him up kind of as just a attaboy. You deserve this right. interim spot. Interim and manager. The team finished, what, like 20 and 10? It was a god-awful team. Terrible roster. Yeah. And um, Eric Ibar. Yeah. Just like so bad. But uh, Freddie stuck up for him. Would he get like two or three one-year deals in a row? Yeah. Well, you think about it too. They were going to hire uh, John Hart. Wanted to fire him and bring in Bud Black. Bud Black. Yeah. They yeah. were going to do Bud Black, and uh, then think. I guess it was great that not great, but if Copy doesn't get that, uh, get that whole international scandal, he probably is fired. And Bud Black probably is the manager because that, that's what they were going to do. No reason it didn't happen is because of the scandal. So the Anthopolis was like, yeah, we'll just keep the guy here and. We'll see what he's about. And it worked out. They worked out great together. You'll never see a, a, a team like this win a championship. This is something to relish forever. And also got to give a big shout-out to uh, Braves fans. It's probably five, six, seven thousand 7,000 Braves fans in Houston. 
Did you see at oh, the yeah. end yeah, when it was like on the third baseline when they were watching the trophy presentation? It was full of Braves fans. There was an empty seat there. Just on the third base side. But, I mean, there must have been, they must have taken up that entire area. Um, it was insane. I mean, I've I never... Guess we're, I guess we're, we're such a shitty sports town, though, Adam, according to the national media. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never seen a more intimidating home field than that game five, which we lost, of course. But, like, early in that game, the crowd would, like, first pitch, crowd is just going nuts the whole time. And, like, the Astros look scared. Yeah. Like, I've never seen that in baseball like that before. You'll, yeah. You'll see it, like, going nuts. in basketball sometimes because the re- arena's right on you. Yeah. Or NFL just because there's Football, 70, there's so many people. people. Like, but baseball, like, to just be on your feet just going nuts from pitch one, it's just, like, it's pretty special. It's like this team is clearly – and obviously the move to Cobb County, it, it worked out. You know, you and I would still prefer the team to be downtown. Sure. but And I'm sure the crowds would have been great there as well. Yeah. But, like, you know – Turner was never like like that though because mm-hmm. it was so, so much more spa- it's so much more spaced out. The outfield's open, you know. Yeah. It's not as closed in. I'd as- say Turner Field in the '90s and early 2000s was still a pretty intimidating place. But this reminded me of those old crowds at Fulton County. Um, I think, I mean, the game I went to the uh, NLCS game two, it was off the charts. But that World Series, everybody, all three of those games was standing up and just going nuts. The entire time, it was a true home field advantage, and the fans definitely had a big, big role in this. I mean, I think, you know, it, it's uh, it's got to add something. It's got to add something to what the players do, and players have talked about that. But I think it goes beyond what we can comprehend. I mean, how how cool is it to have forty one plus thousand people just losing their fucking minds every second and pulling for you? I mean, with all their hearts. And I love that the the Eddie. Uh, oh yeah, Eddie, that chance come back around twenty years later. Yeah, you know, after I was Eddie, at after Eddie Perez. I was at one of those Eddie Perez NLCS games. It reminded me of that. I was hoping that would happen after Eddie got that hit. I was like, oh yes, fucking Eddie cheers back. And I didn't realize Eddie Perez is on the coaching staff. Yeah, I didn't know that. He's been on the staff for like ten years. No, he was in. He was in the bullpen though. He was the bullpen coach. Now he's just in the dugout. Oh, well. I think he like wasn't there for a couple of years and then came back to do the, the dugout stuff. Because yes. I, I kept seeing this guy with Perez on his back, and I was like, it looks just like Eddie Perez, but it's not number 12. Sure, sure. And then, lo and behold. It is Eddie. 99 NLCS MVP returns. Um, yeah. What a season. Hell yeah, Graham. It feels feels good. feels good to talk about it with you, of course. Yeah, definitely. Oh, all right, so th- this will piss us off. The way too early 2022 MLB power rankings by ESPN. One, Tampa Bay. Two, White Sox. Three, Astros. Tampa Bay Devil Rays? Yeah, Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. Four, Brewers. So that's two teams that we just beat. Five, Blue Jays. Six, Dodgers. Three teams we just beat. Seven, Braves. Get out of here. Like, I don't understand. Like, (laughs) after... Like, we're still not getting respect as the world champions. I think it's probably because of the Freddie Freeman situation. Oh, he's going to be back. And, uh, well, until he is. And uh, the rest, and figuring out the rest of our outfield. But, Adam, just because we won a World Series does not mean Someone's, at all that anyone's going to respect us. We still got a chip on our shoulder. This is good. Yeah, this is good. This I will, like to this live keep, with chip This will on my keep the, the, the fire humming. I watched a lot of uh, national shows and stuff like that. Um, you know, people gave kudos to the Braves. But they also cited, oh, you know, it's so messed up that 
the Dodgers, who were the 106-win team, had to go play the wild card game and had to go then play the Giants and all this stuff. And it's like, well, you know what? Let's just totally forget that the Braves, like we've talked about a million times, lost Acuna, Soroka, Ozuna, Darno for four months, Ian Anderson for like a month and a half as well, and we still won the World Series. Charlie Morton in the World Series. And Charlie Morton in the World Series, and we did not play the NLCS with, with uh, Solaire outside of like one game. The World Series MVP. And it was World Series MVP. So everyone has hardships. Everyone has injuries. We overcame them. Fuck everyone else, and fuck the national media. Let's go. Let's talk about those. Um, who should we talk about, Adam? I'd rather talk about the Hawks before we get into the Falcons, if that's okay. We, we got to, man, this is, normally we're all in on the Falcons and Hawks at this time of the year. but Yeah, I felt very disconnected. I watched the Nets-Hawks game last night, and it was the least worked up. I've, I watched part of the Panthers game on Sunday. I listened to a lot of it on the radio because I was driving. But um, it was just like the least amount I've gotten worked up about any Falcons game in a while. Even like when we sucked and were like 0-7, I'd still get more worked up than how I was getting worked up on Sunday. I was just like, well... Braves are in the World Series. Braves are in the World Series. And even the Hawks game last night, I was like, we just won. I'm just going to watch this. I even fell asleep during it because I was so tired. I was just like, I, <laughs> it's just uh, it's going to take a second to get back into the Hawks and Falcons uh, mindset. Yeah, next week we will. I mean, I'll be honest. Grant, I know the Hawks are they're 4-4. Four and four. They're up right now on the Jazz, which is good. They haven't been playing great. No. Um, they haven't gelled yet. That's fine. You know, watching the game last night, was um, it was it was such a mixed bag. You had DeAndre Hunter, who I know has been, even though he's been great defensively, has not shown up offensively this year really. Um, he was averaging like twelve point seven and like I think under an assist a game and only like two and a half rebounds or something this year. He was dropping daggers from beyond the arc. I think he made. I'm not sure what his final stat line was, but there's a period of time where he was five five from three point range, um, and he looked really good. Um, you know. Kevin Herter was starting to bust out of it a little bit. He started the game off five of five from the field. Uh, he was, it was a combination of things too. He was taking uh, balls to the cup. He was making jumpers. Balls uh, to the cup. Yeah, balls to the cup to the to the, to the basket. You ever heard the the basket be called the cup? No. Doris Burke uh, called it that last night. Interesting the game. Um, so it was good to see him start doing something. And then you know what? Even though we were we weren't playing that well, I was just smiling at one point because I was like the the bench was in. And it was like, here's Lou Williams, here's uh, Gorgie Ding, here's uh, Daniel Gallinari, here's Kevin Herter, and here's Cam Reddish. And they're all good players. And, you know, they weren't playing. Yeah, it doesn't look like they had a great Amazingly. Game. Herter played well. Other than Herter. But it was a thing where it was like, when this team figures it out, this will be a very deep team, and they're going to hopefully do something special. Trey Young also was not playing very well last night. He had a couple of decent shots, but I think he shot, he was like 6 of 22 from the field. And collectively horrible defense everybody just wasn't playing defense at all it was such a weird thing watching games i've only watched i think two or three hawks games this year but watching games this year compared to the playoffs i know it's a totally different animal but it's so weird to see just the lack of defense where it felt like every play last year it was like a war to score a point it felt like 90s basketball and i loved it and now it's just like people moving the ball around or just isolating easy pass inside jam easy pass to the exterior three-pointer in the corner the Nets made, I think, I think they took 16% of their shots from the corner, and they were just all over it. Um, Trey was helping on defense when he didn't need to help, which left a lot of people, uh, including Joe Harris, open for threes last night. It was frustrating because I like help defense, but when you're just leaving your guy for wide-open shots and no one's there to pick that up, 
Uh, it's just it's just sloppy, and so we look sloppy right now. But the, the the potential is there to do it. They just need. I think they may have come into this season a little too sure of themselves, and now we're starting to find out. Okay, we still got some work to do, guys. We're not finished products. Not to say they thought they were, but it was like there was a lot of expectation. The Hawks were talking a lot of shit. Not in a bad way, but just, you know, confidence, which is good. But I think this is a good reality check. Basketball is, you know, it's a long season. I, I fully expect the Hawks to get together. Um, I am not too concerned, but it, it is like, all right, guys, start showing me something here. I know we're only eight games in the season, but we need to start showing some improvement uh, here. So, What do you think of Cam Reddish in general? I think he's been good. He's been a lot more accurate from three, um, a lot more confidence in his game playing decent defense. Um, I, I, I think, you know, he's blossoming. I think because he's blossoming, guys like Herter aren't getting as much usage. Um, well, I know Herter was really struggling with his shooting. Like, he got benched, basically. Yeah, but, one he, game. but he looked good last night. I don't think he had a full camp. I think he was hurt or something in the offseason. Um, so I think it's going to take him a minute to find his sea legs. But I, I have faith in, in Kevin. John Collins has looked good on both ends of the floor, I would say. Um, he's averaging like 15 and nine, um, playing solid defense. Got to get bogey going. Yeah. I got to get bogey. Capella, even though he's got decent stats, he just doesn't, he doesn't look right. Something's, I feel like something's up with him. Um, the defense just isn't there. The rebounds, even though he's still filling the stat sheet, I'm not seeing like a lot of competitive rebounds out of Capella. Uh, you know, he was tearing balls out of the sky or playing solid post defense. I'm just not seeing that. Like right now the paint is wide open for people to have their way with us right now, which is frustrating. Um, exception when John Collins is able to do something, but Capella's our anchor, man. We need more from him. I've liked what I've seen from Gorgie Ding. Uh, I like his versatility. He can post up. He can shoot the mid-range. He's a decent three-point shooter. Um, I think it's all going to come together. It's going to be fine. It's just going to take a second. Looks like Jalen Johnson hasn't played much at all. No, this 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 team's too deep, I but, think, for him. But when he has play. played, uh, let's see, first game against the Mavs, he had six points. The Pistons, he played... He had two points in three minutes. Yeah. Um, Four points in five minutes against the Sixers. The, the Pistons game was fun just because we just, like, just slaughtered them and people were just having a good time. Like, we didn't even play that well, and it was uh, – we still just beat the hell out of them. So, and Just like with the Braves, keep in mind we got Okongwu, who's injured, supposed to be back. Last I heard, like, what, December, January, somewhere yeah, in there? Yeah, something like that. Um, He's a big piece. Yeah, so, yeah, like I said, not too concerned yet. But it's not inspiring, and they're on a tough part of their schedule. They're playing a lot of uh, competitive teams. The 76ers exacted their revenge pretty hard on us. They won by, like, 30 points or something. It was an absolute slaughter. Um, you know, playing Philly, playing Utah, playing Golden State, who, you know, finally got their, their mojo back, and I think Clay Thompson will be healthy soon. Um, they're playing a lot of good teams uh, coming out of uh, really this, this, this early part of the season. You know, just played Philly, too. So it's like... You know, it's not like the ultimate litmus test, especially this early on in the season, you know, November basketball, but we need to start seeing some more. And I would say also the, the final outcome of the, the Nets game, even though it was only like nine points, the Nets dominated that game in the second half. It wasn't good. So mm. we need to start seeing some more competitive games against good teams, even though I know it's early. Well, I'll get eyes on them in the next couple of weeks, Graham, and I'll, I'll give you my full report as well. Okay. Now that the World Series is over and it. I thought there was more baseball after the World Series, but apparently that means you, you won it all. That means you won it all. Unbelievable. There's no Universal Series where we play like people from 
Oh, that'd be Neptune exciting. or something. Yeah, yeah. How crazy would that be? <laughs> yeah. The Solar Series. Let's go. Let's play the Martians. See what happens. Um, we got to talk Falcons, Graham. Mm, let's talk Falcons after a word from our friends from DraftKings. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you in turn win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, baby. It's that simple. So if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, there's still a ton of stuff to do on DraftKings. Um, and everyone can play for huge cash prizes. They have every sport you can possibly think of, even things that you might not consider a sport they have, such as esports, MMA, golf, basketball, baseball, NFL, um, college football, college basketball is coming up soon. Um, like I said, pretty much any sport you can think of. If you think you know anything about that and like to win some money, DraftKings gives you the opportunity to do that. It's a lot of fun. I played DraftKings for like seven or eight years. Always have a good time there. Um, and it's a fun way to really invest in your passion for sports if you think you can make some money off it. All right. In order to get this deal, you need to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you could win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win, baby, with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Question mark? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Adam. Falcons lost a uh, barn burner on Sunday. Frustrating game, man. Eighteen to thirteen. I was in the, Carolina, so I watched. I listened to that game on uh, the drive back from camping. Did you listen to the whole game. I listened to the first half, and then I watched the fourth quarter. Did you get? Did you get the? Uh, did you get the Falcons radio network? Yeah, as opposed to the Panthers. I know you're in South Carolina, so I want to throw some shade real quick at the Panthers radio network. I was at Charlotte. Uh, for my uncle's birthday, he's a big Panthers fan. On Saturday night, um, I watched the Braves game the entire time, yeah, which was funny. And uh, so, you know, we're, I had to stay with my mom for uh, another day. So I was going back with her to her house in North Carolina. So we listened to the game in, in the Panthers uh, radio network. They do a bad job of calling games mm. compared to like Wes and Dave, where it's like they call games in the present and they don't chit chat too much in between plays. They just tell you what happened and move on. Okay. Literally, there would be plays that happened in this pan. It was hard to follow because of this. And the Panthers play-by-play guy would call the action like behind, like he wasn't doing it live almost. It was like and he was like, and he handed off to Mike Davis, and <laughs> I think he got to the thirty-five, and then this other guy would talk for like, you know, for for like it would seem like a minute, and then they miss the next play, and it'd be like, well, what's happening? They never said the score. And it was only like in the fourth quarter where it started to feel a little normal in the sense that they were kind of calling it live again, where like it would be like he drops back and throws it to this person. This person goes up the field. It was just so weird. I was like, this is horrible. Maybe he was like eating his lunch at the time. Uh, it was awful. And, th- and then they threw shade at, uh, you know, 
fans for not going into the stadium. It was like, well, you know, Atlanta's never been a great NFL town, and there's never anyone there. And uh, maybe they're swept in all those Braves fears. Like, oh, no, it's never it's never good. I mean, They've there, never been good. Maybe there have been good crowds, but not – not in the last five years or so. I mean, dude, I saw a record at Mercedes-Benz recently. It's like 10 games under 500. Like, oh, yeah, we've sucked. All, all time. We've it's, only had one. The it's only, atrocious. The only good season we had was the year after the Super Bowl. Even then, that was a frustrating-ass team. I think the I think the Mercedes-Benz stadium's a terrible mistake. The Georgia Dome was so good. I love the Georgia Dome. It was a nice, gritty, grimy, disgusting, perfect, beautiful And it was thing. an intimidating place to play. It got loud in that place. This is not... I, mean, like, I think even if you fill it up, it's not that intimidating. It's too big. Well, the, the, I mean, United would beg to differ with you. United makes it an intimidating place to play. I bet it would be more intimidating if the United played at the Georgia Dome. Probably. I mean, it, people will say it was more intimidating to play at Bobby Dodd than it was at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium yes. you know, when they had delays in getting that thing open. I mean, yeah, we'll be honest. The the, the Mercedes-Benz hasn't been a great place to, to play. I mean, even that year that we were good, I went to one game that year against Tampa Bay. It was maybe 80% full. It wasn't like a, sell, a, a sellout and we were winning the division. There's too much other stuff to do. Yeah, and it's like... Are you going to watch the mediocre football team when you can go to the 100-yard bar and get re- 100% refillable drinks? And $2 hot dogs that suck. $2 <laughs> shitty hot dogs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't right. know. This we're, was a frustrating game. Like It was as frustrating as the Mercedes-Benz like, I would have been really mad if the Braves weren't in the World Series. But like nineteen thirteen, like that is such a winnable game. Yeah. And like, but we, well, the thing is, my mom and I were both hungover and we we're driving, and we were just like, you know, be like, yeah, it's okay. We're not going to get worked up over this. I mean, we do have to mention a big reason the offense was so terrible was that Calvin Ridley is just now out for the extended indefinitely, indefinitely, yeah, indefinitely. And Russell Gage was missing from that game, so it was really Pitts against a quality secondary in defense, and he was doubled all day. Um, and, and, and Corderell Patterson. So, I mean, just couldn't get anything going. And to add insult to injury, Matt Ryan gets his hands stepped on in the first quarter. He's bleeding everywhere like a stuck pig. Poor bastard. There's there's no way to come back from losing your number one wide receiver like a couple hours before the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, We obviously don't know what's going on with Calvin Ridley, and it must be really bad. Yeah, he's not right for him to do. I mean, yeah, he's definitely not right. He's out for mental health reasons. Like, yeah, we don't we don't know what it is. I, he's he's not going to tell us, obviously. Um, yeah, he released a statement. I think what in the third quarter or before. I can't remember. It was sometime on Sunday. Yeah, saying that like I got to take some time away from football. Sorry, and I was like, okay. I mean, which no, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. It sucks that he waited until the day of the game. Because they game planned right for him, yeah. So I guess he he was trying to stick it out and just couldn't do it. Um, yeah, Coach Bro reached out to him. Did you see that? I did not. Uh, Dan Quinn reached out to him. That's nice. Just checking in with him and like he put out a statement saying how proud he is of Calvin for doing what he's got to do. Yeah, who knows so, what's going on with him? I don't think anybody should be an asshole. You, you can't you can't criticize. No, yeah. like, and, and like like we, we have said, no idea. Like we said last week, you know, it's uh, shit. I mean, I know they're it's different professional athletes, and but you know they're people too. You know they get paid a shit ton more money than 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 we are, and you know something that can be said for fighting through things and still doing your job. But also, if you're gonna just suck, which Calvin has all year, it's probably better just to take yourself yeah. out and get right, and then come back when you're right, whenever that is. Who do we beat, Adam? We beat the Jets. 
the Dolphins. And the Dolphins. And the Giants, baby. Who all suck. Yeah, so yeah. So it's like the Panthers aren't great, especially offensively. We should, uh, we but should, their defense is good. We should and have you, won that And game. you see, even though we have made progression this year, we're nowhere near being a contending football team in any respect. Yeah, and now we got at the Saints, who I think the Saints just had a big win. They're 5-2 and two all of a sudden. At the Cowboys. And Saints beat Tampa Bay in impressive fashion yeah. last week. And versus the Patriots. This, yeah. This I, could be this, this are three losses the right end there. of times. Well, it's also like, you know, Cowboys are having a good year. The Patriots have figured out they beat San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers last week. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough sledding. These are gonna, these are better teams than the Panthers. And the Panthers, even though it was a close game, they manhandled us all day. So hopefully Russell Gage can get healthy. And uh, we can work in the run game a little bit more. Because the average for Mike Davis, the average 4.9 yards on the ground against one of the better rushing defenses in the league is no small feat. And we're going to need the run game more, especially if Calvin Ridley is going to continue to be absent. It's Wayne Gallman time, Graham. No, just feed Davis more. Well, yeah, feed Davis. Feed Davis more put, and give Patterson. We're going to have to put Patterson out wide a lot more. Put Patterson out right. He needs to be the, uh, shit, I guess the number number two receiver. But whatever. We won a World Series. We won a World Series, so the Falcons can suck for another couple years. We're good. Here's the question for you that everyone really wants to know. Ooh, everyone. Or I want to know. How many years? Remember how I always would say, like, whenever anyone bitched about sports, I was like, you can't say anything because you want to – xyz title like two or three years ago especially to jared um when can we bitch about uh sports again like really be upset and not be able to hang and be like at least won the world series in 2021 i think we can bitch about other teams besides the braves yeah i mean but you i think you can bitch also about the braves but you can't like like to the point of like despair and like you lose your mind and all this stuff and it just tortures you like it used to 10 years yeah i think 10 years is good yeah like that's that's a lot of time. Yeah, can't com- we can't really complain. We can't really get too depressed for ten years. We are the twenty twenty one World Series champions, Graham. Yeah, that's all that matters at the end of the day. I hear you. Bu- you bought a lot of gear. I bought I think a hundred something dollars worth of gear. I think Alexa bought like two hundred something dollars worth of gear. I think some I- of the stuff for me. I'm probably gonna buy more shit. I think I'm gonna. I got to get some cash out before. This parade tomorrow. Check out some street vendors. There's so much merch. They're going to upcharge you like crazy. Nah, street vendors are cheap. But no, they're it, not. It's like off-brand shit. That's what happened to me during the Super Bowl run. I bought a damn blanket for like $47. Well, I would never buy a blanket. What, what do you? Blankets are great. They keep you warm. Where's that blanket now? I was using it earlier. And unfortunately, it still says Super Bowl 51 on it. But it's a damn blanket. And mm. I used it. also bought a Super Bowl beanie. And something else I can't remember. But I bought a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to... Uh, walking around with a lot of shit on my head and on my chest and stuff that actually fits me. I like that gargantuan sweatshirt I was forced to buy in game two. Got to represent the team with pride, Graham. Oh, yeah. And that happened last year. The shirt you were wearing, actually, the night they uh, won the World Series is my shirt. I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. Well, it's mine now, baby. I want my shirt back. No, we won the World Series nah. with me wearing it. It's obviously better for the team if I have it. Unfair. I was going to wear it either way. Um but I, I said I would only buy more Brave stuff if they won a postseason series, which is why I bought that shirt last year. Got it. So now that I win the World Series, I'll buy everything. There I we want, go, Graham. I want my shirt back. All right. Um, folks, 
this is uh, it's the end of the podcast. We we completed our mission, and we got nothing else to really say. Especially if this last Falcon segment uh, had anything to say about that. Oh, you say not just the end of this podcast. We're done podcasting. We're done. Po- I mean, we achieved our we achieved our dream. No, we, no, we, we're, we're we'll still podcast. We're gonna get second. mad. I think we, I I need to feel bad about sports. No, Adam, enjoy it. No, I'm gonna enjoy this. Yeah, but I kind of want to get mad about the Falcons like next week, maybe. No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Tr- the Graham anger is gone. That's a big part of the show. It's uh. It's. I'm not going to get too angry about a team that has zero chance of competing for a Super Bowl this year. What about if the Hawks lose six games in a row? I'll start. To, I'll. I'll be more angry about the Hawks than I will. Am I going to have to be the Falcons. angry guy for a few weeks? Maybe. Am I going to be angry probably for the rest of the year? Once January turns <laughs> and like serious basketball starts happening, yeah, I'll. I'll start getting a little more pissed off. Probably. All right, that's good. We. We need angry Graham. Yeah, but no, the podcast will continue. Um, and thank you all for listening for all these years and enduring this shit with us. We. We've hated doing. Day after shows, um, we, we, our, our we week don't after do shows. <laughs> well, we you know we do we do we'll eventually talk. We, about we, them. we recap these things, and it's always very painful. It's it's a it's a wonderful thing to be able to come on here and enjoy this with with you guys and girls out there. There's no what ifs this year. No, there's no what ifs. It's it's they did it, and we dominated. We embarrassed three really good teams, and we only went down one time. We never had an elimination game. We never had an elimination game. We only went down the series once, which was against the Brewers, and they won game one. Game one. That's it. What a run. And Here's we, to the Braves. One more cheer, cheers. Let's uh, go, Junior. Glasses clink. Savor this. Savor the moment. And uh, we will see you all next week. Here's to the Braves. Good night. And Atlanta finally shed the shackles of the past.